Welcome back to the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast. This is Kevin Shelton here with CTB for the second installment of our series, Cracking the Code. So this week, we're talking about credit, guys, and we want to get into all the nitty gritty about what you need to know to move forward in your real estate journey from a credit perspective. Um, So as we had before from the mortgage team at Citizens Trust Bank, our partner in this Cracking the Code series, we have Ms. Yolanda and Ms. Sharon, and they're going to break it down and talk about some of the things that you guys need to know from the credit front. And then we have some couple questions that we want to jump into to really help couples navigate the credit process. So if you guys can give an overview of the bank again, and just, you know, for anybody who didn't catch the last episode of the series, talk about Citizens Trust, and then we'll jump into the questions. Absolutely. Once again, thank you, Kevin, for having us on today's show. We are truly excited and, and, and we truly welcome the opportunity once again. I am Yolanda Mumford. I'm the Mortgage Operations Manager here at Citizens Trust. And also with me is um, one of our senior lenders, Ms. Sharon Kelly, who um, actually comes with so much knowledge in, um, in education that we would definitely want to love. We would love to share with everyone today. So just an overview of the bank. Uh, we've been around since 1921. Um, We've been here for a very long time, over 100 years. Our mission is just it's just clear. Um, we believe in empowering um, and educating the community. Um, we've been doing it since 1921. We're going to continue, and we want this to continue for our generations to come. Awesome, awesome. No, we we love that. And I, I love the story of the bank and the history. I, I think, and we were just talking before the podcast about me being an old soul. So anything over 100 years old, it like just warms my heart. I'm like, oh, it's old. It's great. So, you know, we uh, are so excited to have you guys on the podcast and also to partner with you guys and usher you into our local market here in Houston uh, and some of the amazing things that not only you guys are going to do here, but we're going to do together. Uh, and one of those things is help people get in some homes. So one of the reasons that we wanted to touch on credit is we know it's, especially for our community, one of the hot button topics that couples uh, really want to know about what they need to do in order to get their credit right to purchase real estate, whether it's a dream home or on the investment side. So how can a couple navigate uh, the complexities of the credit system to better secure the best rates uh, from a mortgage side and a term side, right? So when you're looking at interest rates and inflation and all the crazy things happening in the world right now, um, for the average everyday couple that may be, you know, two household income, trying to make it happen, we want to have the best of both worlds, you know, build that next house or buy that dream house, and then eventually use that credit to get into investing in real estate. What are some of the things that they need to think about in navigating that kind of credit environment? Um, Well, to start with, you said it just right. One of the important things they need to understand is the credit environment and the impact that it's having today on the industry. Uh, It's one of the priority things that a couple or anybody has to take into consideration and be knowledgeable of and do have the best uh, here it goes, the elephant in the room, credit scores. So that is the that is the really the giant thing that people have to address right now. What are your credit scores? Because everything in the, in the industry right now is electronically driven, and it starts with getting information on you and looking at your credit scores. So a lot of people don't even get out of the gate 
because their credit score is not hitting the mark that it needs to hit and that some lenders will automatically just say, hey, uh, your, your loans decline or withdrawn. So what, that's very important that you know that your credit scores are going to be very important to you and how that credit score impacts your interest rate, the terms of your loan and your monthly payment, especially uh, all through uh, in this process. So making sure that your credit score is where it needs to be and what impacts your credit score, what can make it high, what can make it low, the things you need to do and don't do regarding your credit score if you're um, going into this process. And I'll ask Yolanda to speak a little bit more on the credit score side of it because that's a huge giant. Absolutely. And so what you want to what you want to do first and foremost is first find out where do you get your credit score from? How do you obtain your credit report? So, yes, we're speaking on knowing your information, but the places where you go to get it may be unfamiliar to some. So you want to go to the three credit bureaus, Equifax, TransUnion and Experian, or you can just go to annualcreditreport.com and pull your overall credit report. It's going to give you everything that you've done since you first initiated your first credit profile. So you'll know what's out there in collections, what may be a charge off, what may just be great current ratings. Also, what errors are out there? Because those are the things that you want to address first and foremost. But here's the other caveat to that. Once you pull this information and you see these items out there, another bet, another good step to take is to go ahead and contact someone who has a level of expertise at looking at your credit report so you can get a roadmap on what you need to do to prepare yourself for home ownership. Um, whether it's primary residence or investment transaction, you want to know, let me make sure I'm making the right steps with these items that may be showing up on my credit report. Do I need to pay them off? Do I need to leave them there? Do I need to dispute them? These things that are going to come from your 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 professional experts in this field. So whether you're talking to your lender, talking to a counseling agency, someone needs to guide you properly so you make the proper steps. Because sometimes paying things off, we think are that's the best thing you do right away. It may hurt more than help. So guidance is key. Education is key. So I want to ask a question and this question isn't on the list. So y'all gotta y'all gotta bear with me. Okay. Is credit repair real? Are these people out here on the internet that are like, I'm going to fix your credit. I'm going to 60 days, 20 days and wipe your credit clean. Is that real? Mm-hmm. A lot of folks out here selling that dream. And I've, I've never seen or spoke with or whatever. We have people who help you work on your credit. Like, you know, we partner with credit repair people for clients that might help you dispute certain things or inaccuracies. But there's some folks out here that's selling a dream. And I just want to know from a banking side, is that dream real? So I'm going to speak on it real quick. Then you jump in, Ms. Kelly. I sure. don't promote, we, we we honestly do not promote those programs because let me tell you, you said it right. It is a dream. It is a dream that's going to hit you hard real quick because what you're going to be doing with these credit repair companies that are not reputable companies that are truly going through a full process, these people are going to come in and take 
thousands of dollars from you saying that they're going to clean up all these negative items on your credit report. Now, what you may see and what we've seen in history that maybe it's a clear for 30 days and another report is pulled and everything is back out there. So you spent thousands of dollars with some company that said they were going to clean stuff up when you could have just used that same money and clean these items up on your own. And a lot of times it's just a, a conversation that you need to have with that debtor that says, hey, can we make a settlement or a payment arrangement agreement between the two of us instead of giving somebody this money for a pipe dream that ultimately is going to end up being a nightmare for you? So we're breaking the myth today. Credit repair in that way is not real. Not real. And we do not recommend it. <laughs> Absolutely. We all see these people's credit profile and there's nothing on there. And they're like, you're 40 and you're buying a house. It's like, well, you yes. never bought anything. Were you driving a car out of there? You're doing yes. it. Like, I was like, how did that work? Yes, we see fraud right away, and it's an alert for us. It's a red flag for us. So you may come in with some clean items. Like you said, you're 45 years old. There's nothing there. You have absolutely nothing, but you have a 700 credit score. It doesn't make sense. So immediately, it's a red flag for us. We we will tell you immediately. We, we don't want to say, hey, we see some fraud, but we will give you some indicators to let you know we may not be able to move along with this process. <laughs> That's so funny. I, look, Instagram will sell you a bag of dreams, boy. Yes. So I'm just, yes. I just had to ask the question because I always see it and it's so interesting to me. What are the latest trends and innovations in credit assessment and reporting? Like, I know you talked about the free credit bureaus and you talked about, you know, freecreditreport.com, but I know that the government has been working on a lot of programs, whether it's using your rent as a credit score or, you know, things like that. What are some of the things you guys are seeing out there helping get people over that hump? Maybe you got student loans or maybe you have these other factors, but you've been consistent on your job for 10 years. You've been paying your rent for 10 years. What are some of the other things that can help feed into your credit? Well, uh, that's very true, Kevin. There are some things actually it's called non-traditional credit. And those okay. would be things like your rental payments, maybe uh, insurance or cell phone bills, things that can be documented and where information can be provided to the authenticity of those uh, cr- those accounts to make sure that they have a history. Because that's the important thing that we're lo- they're looking for with credit. Credit is built off of history and performance. And that's what they want to see, things that you've paid on a consistent basis, how you perform, how long you've had them. So, yes, those things can be used. There are some programs uh, out there designed specifically to accept that kind of credit. So, I mean, the FHA loan, which is the Federal Housing Administration loan, and most people call it HUD, the FHA loan is specifically designed and they have a part where they will manually underwrite, can manually underwrite that program. And then that underwriter can actually look at that non-traditional credit, but it has to be the kind of accounts that can be um, presented and can be documented. Um, So making sure that, and just a quick example, people like to use their utility bills, but if they haven't paid that utility bill on a regular basis with no late, it's not going to help them. Mm. Okay. So then there's another program out there called Boost and that, uh, program has been introduced, I think, by Experian Credit. And what Boost will do, it will allow you to put these monthly things on your credit report. You can give the information to the credit bureau. They will put it on your credit report. And then we will see it show up. The lender will see it show up on your credit report as an account that you're paying. But 
Keep in mind, it can also show up in your calculations for your, and this is another thing we'll get into later, your debt to income ratio. So you really you really need to get some guidance on it before you start using some of these programs and making sure that you understand they understand them and make sure you understand the impact of it. If it's going to have a positive impact or if it can lead to a negative impact, because um, as Yolanda say, those are dreams. And I like to call it. I like to tell people there are no shortcuts in this in this business when you're dealing with your credit, your credit scores. I mean, you just got to go through the process and get and get it right, you know, but you can get some help in doing that. And once you do that, you can be successful. And what that lends to is you getting the better rates, you getting a better loan, your loan payment is going to be affordable. So in the end, the end result of it is very positive and really the best way uh, to try to go. Right. No, no, no. I love that. And I, I think that that's very real, ap, you know, applicable information for people to take. It's like there are no shortcuts. So you got to just make arrangements, make the hard phone calls that you need to do to, to get it right. But it is possible. And I think, you know, the reason why some of these programs are so attractive is people feel stuck. They feel like um, they have no way out. You know, you look at uh, the world today and everybody's telling you, Nothing can be affordable. Nothing's attainable. Um, but I like the fact that you guys are giving them kind of concrete steps to go through to start that process of navigating it and have the vision to put themselves in a home. Right. Um, and Karen, can I also interject too, just to add to just another resource that they could use, you know, coming in, sitting down with sitting down with one of us or a lender. Some companies may have what's called a what if simulator. So mm-hmm. a what if simulator is really unique. It's really unique uh, portal all by itself. It comes with pulling the credit report. But what it does is if we're seeing that you're so close to being able to qualify or if you're not close and we need to come up with a good roadmap for you, we're going to run the what if simulator on your credit to determine how and what do need what steps need to take place in order to get the score up to the number that makes it where we can work some type of financing transaction for you. So when you leave out, you get an understanding of, OK, I need to make these phone calls because these are the items only that I need to address. So that what if emulator, emulator simulator gives you a true roadmap to what it takes to get homeownership ready. So you don't leave blind saying, I'm going to pay everything off. No, it's specific strategic steps that you take to make it an easier process for you. That makes it sometimes a little bit more affordable, sometimes a little shortened um, in regards to the timeline that it's going to require. So that what if stimulated is very important. And we utilize that quite often at Citizens Trust. No, I like that. I like that quite a bit. So Let's talk about credit utilization and debt to income. And I I really think that a lot of people get caught in the trap of, you know, hey, I need credit and I need, you know, to use this cash, but I also have these long-term goals, right? So talk a little bit about uh, what kind of credit utilization you guys want to see on the lending side uh, and also talk about that bridge between maybe home buying and investing, right? So somebody may own a home and then want to get a second property. Uh, what are the kind of stipulations for that? Or somebody might be um, starting their home ownership journey and they might have uh, a flip going on or a real estate investment going on because Airbnbs are a big thing right now. Even in your market, Airbnbs are, are a huge thing, right? So maybe they went down that path first and then now they want to go back 
and start the home buying process. Talk about how all those things intertwine um, and what you guys thoughts on that. That's a lot. That's a lot. And, and it's because there's so many, it's so many variables um, involved there. Because uh, a lot of times we tell, I tell first time home buyers when they buy a home, this may not be your dream home. So this may be your piece of investment property. And how is that going to, they got to look at how that's going to impact them in the future if they decide this is not going to be their permanent residence. Or if they come to us, as you say, at first and they want to buy the investment property first. Well, first of all, if they're going down the investment road, they need to know it's going to cost them more money on the front end because they're, the down payment is going to be higher. The requirement for down payment is going to be higher because investment is considered higher risk lending. That's one of the reasons. Um, so the gap, lending guidelines require that the purchaser puts down more money on the investment side. Um, the interest rates are going to be higher because, again, it's a whole different category. So that means higher payments. The offset to it is there are some programs out there that if a person is buying a rental property, we have a program and they buying a rental property. And if that rental property income can debt service, meaning if they have enough rent from that mortgage, from that payment to cover the mortgage, then a lot of the other character risks that are required for the loan may not be required. Now, usually those type programs come with a higher credit score. Investment lending requires a higher credit score. So that's one thing they got to keep in mind when they go that route. So yes, Airbnb is great, but the um, obtaining it is a lot more uh, strenuous than just buying a regular as a residential property that you're going to live in. So, you know, buying one first to live in it for a while and then transitioning into uh, transitioning that property to investment and then moving on to another home. That may be a simpler route, but it, it is an alternative. Some people just choose to do it first. I want my investment property first. Uh, for example, uh, some people may you may buy a duplex that has two units. You may live in one and rent out the other one. That's a good idea, especially if that rent and the other one can be applied toward. It's almost like you're living rent free. So it gives you the opportunity Two things. You can save money, more money for your next purchase because you're not paying rent now. So it's almost like you can take that amount of money and put it aside every month. But your mortgage is being paid. And at the same time, you have a rental property, which is that unit that you're renting out. And there are some, I understand the market is opening up uh, on investments. I had a young man to call me yesterday and he's looking at one that has four units. And we can actually treat that as a residential loan. So the down payment uh, may be a little higher, but it's not as high as it was a strictly investment property. So there are some alternatives out there and some opportunities for those who are thinking investment and home ownership at the same time. Um, there is a way to do that. Okay, so there's a path for folks if they want to go down the investor journey. And I like the examples you gave because they're very um, smart for a couple that doesn't want to do too much. You know what I mean? If you want to buy a duplex, it's a much simpler transaction than trying to buy an investment and then go back and buy a home or whatever. Uh, I know in our journey, Aisha built her first house at 25. So that became our first rental when we built our next house. Uh, and it was a really good way to kind of stair step ourselves into investing uh, versus, you know, you try to shotgun it and do everything all at the same time, which right. would have been very hard to do from where we were when we started our journey 
many years ago. So, uh, no, no, no. I really, really like that. Miss Yolanda, did you have something to add? And, it, and it, yes, I did. And that all definitely is good steps. Either way, it just depends on the person's portfolio and where they are in life. So we know now we see we're able to see just looking at our, our customer base that we're running into people now that have good savings, that has good reserves because they may be entrepreneurs or may have inherited funds. But we are seeing savings, but we may not be seeing a stronger credit, but we're seeing, seeing people with significant assets. So what we try to look at, too, from that standpoint, if you want to do primary first, remember that down payment could be three to three and a half percent versus if you do investment first, as Ms. Kelly said, it's 15 to 20 percent down. So you're looking at a significant amount more as well as more stringent guidelines. If you do not use one of our non-traditional products, if you want to go, well, I want to get the lowest rate possible, then that's more so on a traditional basis. So that means then you need to meet a few more margins. So with that, that may mean that, you know, you got to have more income and you may have to document it versus if you are a primary buyer first, then we have a higher debt to income allowable ratio. So that means you can qualify for more and may not have the significant income, but because we are allowing more debt against your income, then you may end up being in a better position utilizing it as a primary residence first, staying there maybe a year or so. And then, like you said, moving on to your next primary and then making that original one your investment. So it just really depends on where you are. So each transaction, you know, you know, want to look at them, you know, on a case by case basis, because everybody's situation is different. But there's more than one way, like I always say, to skin a cat. So the best thing to do is just kind of get some guidance. No, I love that. I love that. I'd, I'd say give me a couple of steps um, for a couple to take to just start that journey from a planning perspective, right? Like if they know they want to build a strong profile and, you know, uh, working on their credit, pulling a credit report, like give me give me three steps that a couple can take to get from no assets to buying their first asset, whether it's an investment or uh, their own primary home. Um, the first step is to, again, acquire. go ahead and acquire that first property. And if you acquire that first property as your residence, your down payment, your investment into it is going to be less because you're going to live in it. So therefore, you're not spending and exhausting all of your savings. Uh, you'll have a property. You know, you buy that property. It goes into what well, you're building a portfolio. So you have your first property is in your name, is titled to you. You're in the system as a property owner. So that would be, to me, the first, you know, one of the first things that I would try to do. Uh, and then again, like Yolanda say, maybe keeping that property only a year or uh, and that amount of time changes. But right now it's about 12 months. And then you can move out of that property, rent that property out. And there's no restrictions on your mortgage in most cases that you can't rent the property out. So you could rent it and move on to another property that you purchase as investment or ownership. So that's a good place to start owning and get acquire some ownership of a property, I would say, first and doing that the best way that you can by investing as little as you can out of pocket into it, getting the best interest rate in terms that you can get. So, of course, you want to look at a 30 year term. Uh, you want to look at your lower down payment. And if you're buying it as to live in, there are down payment assistance programs that you can buy into to help you also on the front end. 
So it's much easier if you buy it as your personal residence first and then move on to the owner, the, the building of the portfolio kind of long term. Right. Do you guys have any interesting stories of, of couples that you've come across in your journey or individuals that you've come across in your journey and how you've helped them kind of navigate this process or maybe some of the things that you've seen? I think I have a uh, I have a, a candidate from a few years ago. Now, this was pre-COVID. This was when things were a little bit easier to do with, you know, less less guidelines. Let me say that. Um, we had a college student that actually lived in a, 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 um, a college home where there were four units in that home. And so he determined that he no longer wanted to rent. He wanted to become a homeowner and do the same thing as well. So he didn't have a per he didn't have a primary residence. But what he did have was he had funds. He had um, inherited um, some some funds from someone who passed in his family. And he was trying to figure out how to maneuver his set himself into this new position of being an investor. So he was able to luckily find a unit that had four four bedrooms in it, a four bedroom unit and um, four units. And he was able to take those units and make all of those rentals. He did not reside in any of those. He had the income already set up from it because he had a regular full-time position. Um, And then ultimately purchasing this home as an investment transaction and use that six months later. Now we have to wait a year, but six months later as income that he was able to document from the rentals that he received. And so ultimately with that, he started his portfolio. And knowing what he did then to where he is now, he has about five properties properties that are all on college campuses that now he's renting out to the college kids that are coming in and he no longer works that full-time job anymore either. He is now a full-time investor. So to know that it started with him being in college, seeing how much money that the landlord was making off of them and to determine he had assets now, what could he do with them to make them beneficial and lifelong for him? He made the proper steps. Now, ultimately he did become a LLC. So he ended up taking things from his personal name, putting them into the business name, but he still was able to build his book of business, his own portfolio, just based off of one initial step he took. So keeping the credit together, having funds that you can utilize. So that way, if you're working as a couple, you guys have to understand that it's going to be some some disciplinary steps that you're going to have to take. If you're going to try to be an investor, you got to make sure you have money for overhead because it's a startup cost. So you got to make sure you have your maintenance, your, your startup fees, and be prepared for whatever may come through with your first unit that you may purchase. So discipline. And and actually knowing that this is what you really want to do and being dedicated to the mission that you're going to set forth as an investor, because it does take a little bit of work, a little bit of time and a little bit of money. I got a bonus question for you on that. Uh, Since you turned into an LLC, I know business credit is a hot topic and we're talking about Mm -hmm. credit today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Talk about business credit, because there's a lot of misconceptions out there about you know, you could start an LLC tomorrow and then go get $400,000 worth of business credit and do a bunch of stuff. Talk a little bit about how that works and how people um, can build business credit, but actually use it to to operate a business versus uh, some of the things that they might see other other places. It is so interesting that, you know, TikTok and Instagram bring everything. everything. <laughs> you can live. Everybody should be rich. Everybody should be. Everybody In 30 should be seconds, you can be rich. 30 seconds. <laughs> 
Yes, and just know, I mean, I'm not saying that things cannot happen, but what I am saying, it does take time and dedication to do them. So from beginning the the small piece of creating your LLC, as we understand that as a business, you definitely have to build that business credit just like you would build your own personal profile through utilization of your social security number. So your business credit is going to be based off of your tax ID number now. So everything that you generate with your tax ID is going to be in a database, just as it would be with Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian. There's a database for business credit. So anything you utilize your tax ID number is going to be recorded. So you have to have a history of any good stabilization of business credit in order to continue to build business credit. You have so, to have a history of doing business. Yes, business absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And even from an investor standpoint, they really want you, if you've never been an investor before, you've never rented before, an underwriter wants to see that you have a history of understanding what that means, that you know what it means to be an investor. So yes, you can obtain things through your LLC. You can, but you've got to start by building it first. So that means we recommend, first of all, once you get your LLC, you may have to get your secure credit card. And so that means you're going to put your own money up under your new business name to get a credit card that now can report to the business profile system. Okay. So that means now you're building your business credit. And so you may want to do, you know, 2000, I'll make it significant where you're utilizing that card, but you're showing the responsibility to be able to pay off any obligations you set forth. That's building your business credit. When you do that, that gives you an opportunity to now go to other places and be able to obtain things in your LLC, maybe eventually into homeownership where you're buying now this new home, this rental property under your business LLC. But it so doesn't when happen. Do I get the, when do I get the $400,000? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. I start the LLC. It's, it's Monday. Wednesday, four hundred thousand. In I'm my account, right? No, no, you can't. You can't use the business credit to get the four hundred thousand dollars, and you buy the Bentley. So Monday you started. Friday you get the Bentley. No. Okay. Listen, maybe I'm wrong. You know, if you you know if that I, was the case, we would all be in different situations, right? I'm, I'm just. It's, it's been you know I've been a professional about 17 years. I haven't seen it, but you know maybe TikTok knows something I don't know. I, hey man. I, fearful of those things because honestly, I think they put us in a worse position than where we started. And if we're believing that this myth is going to be the best way and it's going to be quick, anything that you see this quick is unsafe and very a scary, a scary situation to go down. So just be mindful. If you're seeing these people that say this, then you actually got to learn or understand what they did in the background to make this happen. You know, of course, we're in a sales mentality world, but realistically, there's, there's a course to everything that you have to do. And it takes time. Unfortunately, nothing like that is going to happen quick. I don't know any place you can walk in and get 400 grand of their funds to utilize in your risk measures that you're taking for home ownership or investing. Me, I don't know where that happens. Let anymore. me tell you something. I, I built banks for about five years and I, I built for Chase. And one of the things that I did in building for Chase and renovating branches, you got to put together a robbery plan, right? So you put together what happens if somebody comes in and tries to rob this bank. So just to, to bust the bubble of anybody thinking 
that even if you robbed a bank, you could get that much money. It's not there for you, right? They don't. That's not. They don't keep it there for you. So, if you can't go into an actual bank branch and get four hundred grand, you think you're gonna get it by sitting behind your computer? It's not go. That's not how it's gonna happen, you know. But hey, man, TikTok's a different world. We we try to teach couples that. Real estate is a part of your journey and it's it's a buffer. It adds to it, adds to your wealth building journey. And eventually those investments can become businesses. Those businesses can become your main thing. And that's what our story was, right? Yeah, we worked absolutely. our jobs. We started investing. That investment became a bigger business. Now we've grown that business out over the years, but we're just getting started. And here yeah. we are seven years into yeah. this thing. And I haven't gotten my four hundred thousand dollars yet, but you know. And I, and, and may I add? I guess you know there are no shortcuts. Nope. <laughs> there are when they tell you about that four hundred thousand, you just simply tell them it's great, but there are no shortcuts. Look, there man, are I'm, no shortcuts. I I have not seen I haven't seen a four hundred thousand dollar balance in these TikTokers accounts. I want to see that. I want to see four hundred thousand dollars in your bank, like not your bank statements. Pull up your active balance. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you know. But it's no. unfortunate. It's unfortunate. We 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 definitely get a lot of people that are caught up in that and 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 figure out they think that that's the best way to go or thinking they're gonna come to us and we're gonna be able to do it in that manner. And it's it's just not that I don't think I know a bank that would be willing to do something like that with a brand new LLC startup. It takes time. It is it's brand new, it's just like us graduating out of college. If we have no credit, then how are we gonna be able to gauge things? There are non-traditional options, but when we're talking about from an investment standpoint. And that's going to be very difficult to do. Well, thank you guys for busting that bubble out there because uh, the, the TikTok financial world, the Instagram financial world does not agree with you, but they don't have a hundred year history of being a financial institution. You know, they they knew it's only about 18 months. It's like uh, it's like Forex. You saw all these Forex companies and then 18 months later, none of them are around. They were doing arenas 12 months. Yes. So no 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 you know I I I pick on the the financial gurus of the internet but one of the things that we're so passionate about is educating our people about the way that it actually happens in real life because real estate is tried and true wealth building is tried and true and we've seen people change their lives really really change their family trajectory and their wealth building through these things that we talk about on this podcast, uh, and it's changed our lives, right? But it doesn't come overnight, and it's definitely not a quick fix, and it, it definitely doesn't make you, you know, wealthy instantaneously. It's a journey, yes. and we talk about it all the time. It's a it's a long term journey to change the direction of your family in a positive way financially, and that's what. Uh, real estate can do for you. And that's what we want to do here at the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast. And we help um, those couples figure those things out the same way we figured it out. And we use partners like you guys. And we thank you guys for giving this information today. Um, I definitely want to give you the opportunity to give your contact information out so people can reach out with all these you know, requests for $400,000. Give them your number so you can give them the money. 
Well, Kevin, let me say this first. You are truly the testimony. You guys are truly the testimony of what it takes to get into this, stay into this and sustain it. You all are the trailblazers. I mean, and I'm not just saying in your Houston market, because I believe once and if you guys are not, you will be nationwide known very soon. And I just see what you've done. And I know the impact that you've already made. I mean, I am so honored. CTB is so honored to be in your company with you and Aisha because the things that you've already accomplished, you are the testimony. So if anybody's going to come to anybody for $400,000, they should be coming to y'all because you're going to tell them absolutely not. Let me show you how it's really done and put them into a realistic realm of this is what needs to be done to make things happen. I love your story. I understand CTB has history and, and heritage and legacy, but I'm talking about what you guys have built in this short window and it's with discipline dedication and a well thought out plan you guys conversed about it you communicate been transparent and that's what we're trying to say to our audience this is what needs to happen you are the window you guys are the window to the soul of getting people to the level of where you all are going it's so awesome I am just so amazed and honored to be in in the company of the Sheltons because you guys are bad so <laughs> well, thank so, you so thank much. You. Thank you so much. I, I definitely appreciate it. Absolutely. So once again, I am Yolanda Mumford. I am um, Citizens Trust. Please contact us with, with any questions. Seriously, we would love to get you started, whether you're looking at it from a primary or an investment transaction. We would love to answer any questions. That's what we do. We believe in walking you through the process, giving you the best ideas and suggestions and a great roadmap to get going, whether you have to do it now, six months or a year from now. We're going to be here. We've done this since 1921. We don't plan on going anywhere and we're passionate about what we do. So if you have any questions, you can reach out to us on our social media platforms, um, on our website at www.ctbconnect or at 678-406-4135 and you can hit us directly. Also, if you see us on the website, you'll also see all the cell phone numbers of the loan officers, including Ms. Kelly. So you can reach us directly at any time. We're always available. Thank Ms. you. Ms. Kelly, what you got? Um, ditto, Yolanda. Great job. And definitely ditto to the Sheltons. No, thank you guys so much. We're so excited um, to just share more and hear so much more about um, what you guys have to offer. And I appreciate your transparency about not only the realize, the realistic parts of credit and the challenges and the things that people can overcome on a day-to-day basis, but also the, the real um, help that you guys offer in navigating that process. So thank you so much. Please like and follow the Marriage Real Estate podcast on all the social medias. It's Marriage Real Estate. I'm Kevin. I'm missing my my other half, Aisha, but she'll be back on for the next episode of Cracking the Code, uh, the series that we're doing with CTB. And we thank you guys for being a part of that. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode.